Hey guys, welcome to the Kevin and Fred show. My name is Kevin Kaufman. I'm your host. And I just want to say thank you for taking some time out to listen with us this week. Do me a favor. If you don't mind, before we get to today's guest, head on over to ratethispodcast.com. That is ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA. That stands for next level agents. Ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA and leave us a review or just go to any podcast player that you prefer and uh, look us up, The Kevin and Fred Show, and please leave us a review. That is the best way to support our efforts here in the show. All right, let's get to today's episode. All right, guys, we're back on The Kevin and Fred Show, and today I am joined by a longtime upcoming guest, Dom Santanello. Dom, how you doing, buddy? Hey, awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure, dude. I'm glad we can finally do this. I'm kind of laughing because uh, we've been trying to put this together for for quite some time and schedules just haven't linked up. And so super glad that we could have this conversation today here on the Kevin and Fred show where, uh, man, you've got such a cool story. Everything from having walked away from a six-figure job and scaling not just a fix and flip business, but rental property portfolios and and even a real estate brokerage. So um, I'm super excited to have this conversation, Dom. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Cool. So, Dom, let's do this. Um, I know I just gave a little bit of your bio away, but for the listener that doesn't know you yet, give us the elevator pitch. Who's Dom and, and what's your business like today? And then we'll, we'll kind of jump around from there. Yeah, awesome. So pretty much uh, had a similar story to a lot of people right now in corporate America, uh, raised by an immigrant family, uh, went to college, got a four-year degree in civil engineering, got a master's degree in business finance, went off to uh, corporate America working as a natural gas pipeline engineer for a Fortune 500 company. Amazing job, definitely uh, helped get me to where I am now and in parallel to doing that, got a real estate license, started doing some agent transactional work, uh, bought my first duplex owner occupied, and then that really set me off on the journey that uh, brought me here today. So fast forward now, um, I left my corporate job last June officially, even though I was kind of, you know, oh, two wow. feet yeah, at that time working, uh, working both jobs for a while. So right now we, uh, we have two companies, Naples Realty Group, which is our investor friendly real estate brokerage, currently at about 30 agents. And then Naples Realty Group, is our uh, investment company that does fix and flipping, wholesaling, and then we have uh, buy and holds there as well. So our flipping company is slated to do 20 to 25 flips this year. Our target's gonna be 40 to 50 wholesales in addition to that, and then taking all that capital and putting it back into uh, rental properties, our business model there. Love it. Uh, so I gotta ask, like, uh, how, do you, how does one go from engineering into real estate, right? So you obviously you had a career path there that you were following. Um, was there was real estate always a part of your plan or thoughts or was there an event? I'm just curious what what was the thing that got you kind of down that road of going after real estate? Yeah, so really, at first, there was no plan or vision to be in this space. Uh, my aunt at the time had a small family brokerage, and I ended up just getting a real estate license to try to make some commissions to pay off my student loans. So that was really the depth of it. I started off on Saturdays, you know, reading a book at an open house back before real estate was hot. And there was like two people, you know, two people coming in uh, open yep. houses and definitely questioned what I was doing there for a little while because there wasn't a ton of action. I think it was eight or nine months before I even got a, you know, my first check. And, uh, you know, that was kind of the start. And then 
really just being in the space and looking on MLS and seeing all these houses and being uh, interested in multifamilies and showing those properties really kind of got me thinking about the business side of it. And coming from a, a math and finance background, I started to look at those numbers and run pro formas and kind of see the big picture where you could leverage debt to build wealth. And from there, it became kind of an addiction and I just couldn't get enough of it. All right. I, so I, I got to ask this. Um, what's your, what, what's the book, what's the one book you've read on real estate or thing that you listened to that like really was like the first, um, maybe not the first light bulb, but maybe like the biggest light bulb of like, yeah, you know what? I, I, I can do this. <laughs> I hesitate to say this, but I really just, I don't like reading so much that it was like, I was like years into the business before I really started like reading and like doing that kind of stuff. But as a math nerd, I really just kind of discovered the numbers side of it and uh, was just kind of doing a lot of due diligence. And then I did stumble upon like bigger pockets and really the podcasts are kind of what, what got me in. And then obviously the the cliche answers of, you know, rich dad, poor dad, or never split the difference or like those, I obviously I recommend those to everyone. And those are really good. But for me, I don't, I don't really pitch to anyone that I was just reading the book on a Saturday and then it clicked. It was kind of like I, I was sniffing around and kind of figured a few things out. And then once I got into it, I started really researching. So yeah, now there's, I was just, I'm curious, you know, I've talked to thousands and thousands of agents and, and, um, it's like mo most people have something like you, you mentioned bigger pockets, which is probably not probably by far the most popular downloaded real estate related podcast on the planet. Um, or, you know, so it's books or, you know, a course or something like that, you know, like back in the day it was, um, my, my business partner and I always talk about Carlton sheets. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you know him, no money down, like the no money down series used to be able to buy on like late night TV, um, with, you know, he's like the godfather of creative finance, which I know is something that, um, that you have explored as well and gotten into. So there's usually like something that, that, uh, that had got like really peaked interest. Uh, and so I was just curious about that. Tell me, so let's talk about this. So you mentioned, um, like the real estate brokerage and then kind of like the other, the, like the investment company, let, which one came first? Let, let's start there. And then I'll, I'd love to kind of maybe ask a few questions about kind of both sides. And obviously they work together, but I want to dive into them separately. Yeah, yeah. And I guess just to one point on your previous question, for me, what really changed my entire life was figuring out that I could buy a duplex for like three and a half percent down and live for free. That's really like, that's kind of what started it. Because at first I just went into to real estate as a real estate agent to make some side money. Uh, and then I kind of discovered the duplex living for free uh, element of it. And then from there, I started to realize, wow, I can use little to no of my own money to invest and collect a spread or collect uh, passive income. So that that was like the aha moment that set me, you know, that led me to all these amazing podcasts and books and resources, which kind of affirmed what I had discovered at the time. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, house hacking, I think, is the is what the kids call it these days. Like that's the. Yep. Term. Yeah. Um, you know, so let, which, so what came first? Once you, you obviously start, you made some money um, and you really started discovering this. Was it the investment side or the brokerage side that came first? And um, I'd love to hear kind of the origin story of that. Yeah, sure. So um, how it started is uh, I went to a couple, a couple meetups and, and saw that there are guys my age, even a little younger that were 
you know, had portfolios already and that were doing either uh, the transactional work as agents and or buying rental properties at the time, which was really inspiring to see just because when you're stuck in that nine to five office setting, you don't really see anyone doing anything like that. So um, I ended up just going on a listing appointment to this house and seeing or researching before that it it needed a lot of work. The lady kept saying it really needed a lot of work, this and that. So I ended up calling uh, my now business partner, Luke Justo, to come walk the property with me at the listing appointment because I know he had done a few flips at the time to kind of take a peek at it and maybe do it as a flip. Long story short, we pretty much in the driveway just kind of went over the numbers and shook hands and you know we didn't have a business plan or an entity or anything. We pretty much just agreed that we we're going to split it 50-50 and purchase the property in cash and do the project. And that was, uh, that was in July of 2019. So that we had never done anything together from there. Uh, we did that first flip. We made, I think we made like 30 or 35 grand, which is a pretty heavy spread, like in the market at that time. And then from there, we, we worked really well together. He brought to the table, the experience running like the projects. He was a, a high producing agent at the time. And then I was just on the other side, you know, had the engineering background, admin background, that kind of stuff. So we worked really well together. Uh, you know, now when you fast forward, I'm on the business development side of things, do a lot of the financing numbers and that, and then he's boots on the ground on the projects every day and doing like all those estimates and stuff. So we're really like, we don't, we, we both bring to the table what the other, you know, doesn't really want to do to say. Yeah. So that, that's how it started. It started with one and then it was having two going at the time and, and then we just kind of branded and, and, you know, used some branding and, and decided, Hey, we're, you know, I think we're really onto something here. And then we really just started cranking. So. So how many, like how many flips in wholesale deals do you think you guys have done now? So we've done over 50 deals year to date, um, like a collection of like all those types of things. And I mean, just recently, I think two or three months ago, we had like eight projects going on at one time. So we've really scaled to a point where, you know, we have millions of dollars in hard money out at any time, multiple projects, multiple crews, and uh, we're really firing on all cylinders now. Awesome. And then, um, so, so if I remember correctly too, like I know, so you've got some, um, got some experience too with some creative financing deals. Where, like how did, where'd that come from? Like how that come into play? Uh, was there like one deal where that just thing, that was just what made sense? Or was it something you tried, you know, tried to go look for? Give me, give me an idea on that. Cause I think a lot of agents here about creative financing, you and I were talking offline or it wasn't offline. It was just a second ago that I mentioned like, um, you know, the Carlton sheets, no money down series. Um, that's all, that's always an interesting thing, but it's, I think it's not very tangible for most people. So how'd that come to play? How'd that come into play for you? That's a, a great question. And one of my favorite topics to talk about. So creative financing literally changed my life and it kind of when I was still on my own, I had that first duplex. I, I did a rogue mail campaign. I think I sent like a few hundred pieces of mail and I ended up meeting this individual who literally had a stack of mail on his desk this big. And it was just timing. It was fate. It just happened to be right on the top. And he called me. And at the time I had never really done any deals. I'd done a few, you know, sold a few ranches. Right. And he had 13 properties, 26 units, and he wanted to offload the whole thing. So pretty much this was like a six to eight month process of meeting them, building some rapport, 
finally walking through the properties. And this is, this is an old school guy, right? This is a, uh, he's there cracking the whip on the tenants every day, doing all the maintenance, self-managing owns everything in cash. It's like old school landlord, you know, and yeah. took really, really hard to just build that trust and get in there and, and do that. But long story short, end up putting a deal together, uh, brought someone to the table that bought the whole package. And instead of taking a commission, I took a property. So I took that property at basically 50% of the discounted, uh, you know, bulk value. And that was uh, owner finance, 100%. So the numbers like that looked, it was, I think a two and a half million dollar uh, portfolio sale. The commission, because it was basically double-sided was going to be six figures. And really what happened is I was looking at that. I'm like, wow, you know, call it a hundred grand after your split. It was, I was 70, 30 at the time with my broker. So I'm like, all right, now I'm down to 70. And then with taxes, that tax bracket, I'm like, man, I think I'm down to like 40 grand on this after doing eight months of work and all this stuff. And I was just really trying to figure out, is there a better way? And then that was the way. So ended up saving the seller and structuring a advantageous deal for him to, uh, you know, straddle tax years and push out some cap gains. I got into a property discounted by six figures with no money down. Uh, I was able to take that property like a year or two later, refinance, pull out double the money, still cash flow the same because of just like how the market was. And then now I'm locked and loaded with capital to keep scaling. So that like really kind of like when I figured out all the levers of price, interest, uh, you know, note duration, AM schedule, all that stuff, and then making it about the seller and making it good for them that's what's really turned me on to like owner financing. That's awesome, man. I, I love that. Just the thought process. Number one, there's so many things we could unpack with that. Number one, the thought process of, um, I think for a lot of people, the, it would be really hard to, to look at the, call it the six figure commission check and say no to that. Um, like that's a, I think that's a hard thing for most people to do. Um, then it's another hard thing to do to go, well, how could I even structure this? Like, so you thought through that you had the, and, but the reality is, is if you look at people that have built some serious long-term wealth, you know, all day long, I'll trade monthly cash flow and income, you know, in the future for, for, for right now, right. I, I, instead of the right now money, give me the, give me the future money and the cash flow every month because um, can't go broke when you, when you're constantly adding to your cash flow. Um, it's really easy to get that big check though, and go spend it all at once. So I, right. I, I love the way you thought through that and did that and did that. Um, did that lead that then lead to lead you to doing more creative deals or what, what, like, what was that like afterwards? Yeah, no, for sure. And, and really just like for the listeners to understand that deal, I think there's a lot of value there because obviously the intent was to get that cash, right? So the numbers, the exact numbers on it were, the house was worth probably 160 to 180 at the time. And I got it for $80,000, 100% owner finance on a 20 year loan, five year or a, yeah, 20 year and 20 year loan, 5% interest. It was like 850 a month P and I. So after a year, I ended up going to the bank and refinancing and pulling out a total of 80,000. So now I have 80,000 in my pocket restructured a note to a 30 year fixed uh, cash flow 
probably $200 less. So I was still clearing over a thousand net a month after all expenses and put $80,000 of tax-free money in my pocket. So, you know, like you said, that big check was enticing, but you don't keep that big check. That big check goes a hundred to basically 40 after all those expenses where I took a, I took a check and made it 80, you know, net and there's no tax, you know, taxable gain there. So that was like the strategic move. And at the time it was, my attorney was telling me not to do it because the way it was set up, it was two separate deals. One deal, you know, what could have happened is that other investor could have bought that whole deal and I, and he could have not perform on mine and I'd be sitting on the sidelines. So it was really just a gut feel, uh, had extremely strong rapport with the investor. And to this day, um, we still have an amazing relationship and he does a ton of private money for us on the fix and flip side of things and we'll still do work orders. So he, uh, <laughs> he always jokes, he's like, how is a 65 year old millionaire doing work orders for you? <laughs> That's awesome. I'll tell you, uh, you know, one thing we were talking about offline before we started and, and I would love for the listener to really catch this is I'm, I'm a big believer more and more every day that We've got to, uh, I'm not saying everybody has to get into creative financing. I think there's a lot of value in it though. Um, but what I, what I do think we have to do and what your story really emphasizes is the fact that as real estate professionals today and in the future where things are changing so fast with technology and all of the, um, all of the capital that's come into this space from Wall Street that looking for other solutions is so important and not just being, I mean, it would have been so easy for an agent to go, yeah, I'm just going to sell that. I'm going to take the listing. I'm going to sell the house houses in this, in this scenario. And that's it. But to go, Hey, I can actually provide other solutions rather than just putting a sign in the yard that may actually end up benefiting not only the seller, but myself and my future. Like we've got to be able, I believe if we're going to survive and thrive in the future, we have to be able to think like that. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's, that's kind of why we, we started and branded our brokerage as the investor friendly brokerage, because real estate investing is like a different business than real estate, being a real estate agent. And, and as an agent, you can slap a sign on anything and sell it, but understanding the mechanics of, of taxes and investment and all those important elements makes you you know, like my email signature says real estate investor consulting and sales or investing consulting sales, right? So not only am I a salesman, but I also say that we're consultants, right? Because when we sit down and we meet with you, first question, if you're selling your apartment building, you know, do you have any debt in this property? No. Yes. Right away. Like you can just kind of start like getting closer or further away from, from that owner financing avenue, depending on what someone's objectives are. And for the listeners, like you need to be, this is like, it's, it's a win-win for the right person. If you can find someone who owns a property outright, that doesn't need that capital for something specific. So I always say, do you own the property, you know, outright, do you have any debt? They say, no, uh, be like, is there anything, what are you going to do with the money? And just let them answer. Like, if they're like, I don't really know, I'm going to put it in the bank or buy something else or you know, et cetera, et cetera. Now there's an opportunity where you say, okay, there's a couple of different options. If you don't want to own or finance and you're going to sell and you don't want to own anything, we could still talk about leveraging 1031 into a DST option, into a fund. And that individual, that bigger deal I did, we did three things. Owner financed to me, that property, cashed out on a third with actual cash and then rolled via 1031 uh, the other third 
into half DST fund, half uh, low touch condos. So like if I wasn't, if I was just a real estate agent, I was just going to stick a sign in the ground and let someone buy it and walk away. Instead, we ended up saving this, uh, that guy, I think it was like 350 K in taxes based on like structuring that deal, which is, which is huge. So back to understanding the levers. Um, if you can identify that someone doesn't need that money, they don't have debt on the property and that they're, you know, obviously aware of the taxes and would like to spread that out, then now you have to make a case as the investor to show them how that looks. Because a lot of times these people are not sophisticated or they don't know, or they've never seen it. But if you can show them the math and say, look at, this is what happens if you just sell. And this is what happens if we work together. I get to come to the deal with less money. You get to get cash flow for as long as you want. And there's like all these different levels and you're going to make more because you're getting interest, you know, on an, on an AM. So it's, it's so simple. There's like five variables, but it's amazing what it could do for both parties. It's not just a one-way street. Owner financing only works if it's a two-way, you know, a win-win. Absolutely. I love that. And I mean, what you're really emphasizing, what I'm hearing here from your story and what you're talking about is it, again, it just, it comes down to being educated and understanding what is available. So that way you can then go be the source of that, the valuable information for your clients, for the sellers, and for the, for the people that you're helping to represent on, on either side. Um, and that's invaluable. That's something, that type of value that you're talking about bringing is not something that can ever be replaced by a large tech company or a huge fund that's just willing to write a check, right? Um, and I say that to go, cause I know there's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in Phoenix, as we talked about earlier, this is the home of, you know, the iBuyer open door and offer pad all start, you know, all of them started here. Um, they're a big percentage of our, of our market, as well as all of these other major hedge funds. And they're here forever. They're never going away. That said, that doesn't mean that we can't evolve and continue to, to thrive and the way we do that is by educating ourselves and then bringing value to the marketplace, like what you've, you've very clearly done. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So when a, when an agent says to you, like, you know, maybe an agent locally or someone you run into says, Hey, that they're interested in learning about things like this, whether that happens to be creative financing or private money or um, difference in high touch versus low touch and, and cat just cash flow and, mm -hmm taxes and things like that. How do you, do you, do you have like a set of recommendations you give to people to kind of start on their learning path in that journey? I think we kind of just tee them off, you know, with, with some podcasts and books and cause it really depends. I mean, there's a lot to, un, un, you know, undo there, especially if you're a new license to like even digest what I just said is a lot, you know, like understanding, I mean, all the elements of a 1031 and how you can do it to like kind real property or funds or all that. I mean, that's like, that's a course, right? And then there's owner financing, which is just knowledge of how to, you know, structure a deal and, and all that stuff. And also understanding some, like some of the tax elements and all that. So really it's, we have a lot of agents that we, we mentor and help. And really the first step is, is we try to get them to become a landlord, them to become an investor, because that's like, that's really what makes it real. Um, I mean, one of our, we actually, one of our agents uh, was someone that had contacted me maybe two years ago, just looking to get into real estate. 
and ended up getting his license and working under us. And I mean, he was literally living in a single family home, had all this equity, didn't even really realize it, was kind of stuck at a job, all this stuff. And real time last week, ended up just selling his house, putting a six figure check in his pocket, getting an FHA loan, moving his him and his girlfriend and all the dogs into a, uh, a multifamily home. So it's just like, look at how your situation has changed. You went from being a single family home with really no investment going on to pulling all that money out, getting into an investment property owner occupied, and then now having ammo to buy two or three more deals with us this year. And then also while doing that, he's been helping other investor clients by leveraging us, you know, the investor friendly brokerage and brokers and investors. So we kind of, it's not like we're going to hand you a pamphlet to, to get started. It's more just like, you know, come to our office, talk to us, be around us. We have networking events every month, come and hang out with us and, you know, start doing deals, look at our wholesales, look at what we're buying. You know, if, if these guys are motivated and they say, well, you know what, tell me about that nine unit you guys just bought. Like I'll send them our whole file. You want to see my, you want to see the math. You want to see the pro forma. You want to see the mortgage. I mean, this is, we're happy to, actually show people like what we're doing and how to do it. And that's going to lead them, I think, to be more successful than just, you know, sending them on a research uh, endeavor. Gotcha. Okay. I love that. I mean, there's, I mean, there is, there's so, there's so much to unpack there. And I love, like, I love that example you gave of like, just turning somebody into a landlord first. It's like, take that first step, you know, just, just do that one thing that's in the direction of the way you want to go. So you start to, number one, you start to get a taste of it. Uh, and then you can explore, you know, further. I think there's so much that comes from experience and not just wanting to read about it in a book. Yeah, no. And I mean, I, like we say to them, it's like, I, we see agents all the time that don't own rental properties or don't know much about them selling them. And, and that to me is, you know, there's, you're selling a business, even if it's a two family, there's so many elements to a multifamily. I mean, the utilities, the year it's built, the lead status, uh, you know, the leasing, like all these, all these like little things that if you're not in the business and you don't, you haven't really done it, it's, it just makes it harder to, to like understand all that stuff. So, I mean, getting these, like these younger guys and girls into these investments and, and showing them and, and giving them our leases and, and like working through all these things it's the same thing when you get to like a bigger building, it's just like, you know, more doors and more zeros basically. But those fundamentals uh, are, I think are started by these agents just getting their feet wet and working with us. And that's, that's been our competitive advantage is just, you know, the investor friendly branding, the mentorship opportunity there for everyone. And really all of us working together, uh, actually doing deals together is, is just a unique thing because in our market, there's, there's really no, I mean, there are, you know, obviously investors and other brokers and stuff, but no one seems to be like focused on that. And for us, we're focused on that because let's face it, like we're in a crazy market now, but when things change, like it might be hard if you're just a real estate agent, only transacting residential market and making commissions. So uh, I think it behooves you to, you know, understand how to wholesale a deal or source a deal or buy a flip or, by a multifamily because like those for us are all side businesses. And like, you know, if, if one thing slows down, it seems like the other always picks up. So we're huge believers in having like multiple income streams and businesses in the real estate world. Uh, that way we can pivot, you know, when things change and, 
when we see that the Fed's going to do six uh, rate hikes this year that we don't get really nervous about that and we actually get excited. Yeah, no doubt. And so, and speaking of that, so, you know, part of, so you've got the, you've got the investment side, you've got the brokerage side on the brokerage side. Are you actively representing buyers and sellers too, or just running the brokerage? Like what's your division of duties look like if you, if you had to like maybe break it down in percentage of of time spent? Yeah. So we, I personally am doing less and less transactional work. I have, I think one deal going on right now, just people buying a house and it's, you know, for friends and family and stuff, it's, it's not something I want to turn away at this point, but right now we definitely do have a lot of business that will, will push down to our team. And really for my client's sake, if I don't think I could service a client, then I, I make sure that I put them in touch with someone on my team that can, because the, the last thing I want to do is to say yes, because that's I'm happy to say yes to everything and then being straight out every day. So uh, there are scenarios like, you know, listing wise, like if there's a vacant house, it's not a ton of trouble for me to list, then I'll do it. But um, also right now, me and my business partner, this is probably our last year that we're going to do that. And then we're really just going to make it habit to delegate because uh, just the way we're scaling and growing, it's it kind of bogs us down to be dealing, um, you know, with those retail clients when, um, you know, we're now at a point where we're in leadership positions and we have a lot of deals happening every week underneath us that we need to kind of audit and, and facilitate and that sort of thing. Yeah, no, no doubt. That's, um, that, that's, it's a, there's a lot, uh, there, there's a lot going on a lot of different places you, you can be going and being very clear about your time and what you, what you can allot your time to and your, your efforts to is like, that's everything. Cause, um, if you go in too many directions, you're going to go nowhere. Right. Right. And it's, it's all about the clients too, you know, like clients come first. This is a client business a brokerage, you know, if you're not putting your clients first and foremost, and you're putting yourself first, then that's not how this business is, is run, especially when there's, you know, a thousand agents in every single community. So, uh, for us, it's, it's really important that the clients come first. And if there's ever a situation where, uh, you know, we're, we're just not, we have the bandwidth or the time or the ability to service them properly, then it's, it's a no brainer. You know, I'm happy to take a, take a pay cut to make sure that they have a, a perfect experience and then they refer our brand to their friends and family. Absolutely. And um, Tom, before we get wrapped up, what's, I know there's people listening right now that they're wondering like, Hey, how I want to learn more from him or kind of just, just catch up with you online. What What's the best way for people who want to kind of keep up with you and, um, like follow along with your story and see, see what you're up to. What's the best way for people to do that? Yeah, I would definitely say social media. So if you look up, uh, Naples home buyers or, and, or Naples realty group on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, all of, or just our website, everything is interconnected and you'll be able to basically, you know, follow our story there. And then if you're interested in me personally, my, uh, my personal, you know, handles are on there too, but, um, I always just direct people to the, uh, to the business pages first. And, and that's kind of, you know, where you probably get the best content. Awesome. And we'll make sure we get those uh, put into the show notes here. So, all right, Dom, before, before we wrap up last question for you, dude, there's a, I mean, there's a lot that we could cover. I think there's a lot that, that, you know, that we haven't covered yet. Um, but what's like the one thing that you feel like, Hey, we should, we should definitely make sure we at least talk about this. Like, this is the, this is the topic that agents, um, you know, they need to hear about or they, they need to be thinking about more often. 
Yeah, that's that's a good question. So the number, the absolute number one thing that isn't sexy and isn't flashy and is not what everyone wants to hear is that it is not easy and it's a very hard business to be in. And the only way that you're going to survive is by literally doing the same thing every single day and showing up for years. And for me, it started in 2017 is when I got licensed and literally up until maybe a year and a half ago, it, it was just like a constant, you know, grind. So uh, we learned it with our own branding and brand building and marketing and really everything It's across the board. If you're starting a fix and flip business, if you're trying to be a top producing real estate agent, you have to be extremely disciplined, consistent and do the same, you know, the same effort every day. And, uh, you know, we see that if you run an ad or you do a mailer, you do whatever, like, it's it's literally six months to a year before you start building that pipeline and we're literally right now today closing deals that we uh that we got first touch on uh 12 to 18 months ago so that's how long it takes to build a, a legitimate pipeline and then keep it rolling so um you know anyone who's getting started in any sales business or any new business or anything like that uh it, it's just it's so important it just it, it's you get discouraged and mad and upset all the time trust me but it's uh you need to just stay committed and focused and you know for me getting out of like the engineering world my corporate job it was literally years and years and years of working 80 90 100 hours a week every single day when i got out of work i, I used to pretend i'm clocking in a second shift now i gotta go you know show houses now i gotta go over to my property and put a door in or whatever it is and those things uh, there's only a few people that will actually be willing to put that in. And then you start to realize those are the people you're competing with and everyone else just kind of fizzles out. So just stay committed and stay consistent. And it's unfortunately that is, that is how you do it. Yeah. It's not, it's <laughs> not sexy. It's not fun. It's not what people want to hear. And it's also what works. Right. Um, time it's proven. All right, Dom, thanks a lot for taking the time to be here with us today. We super appreciate you uh, joining us on the Kevin and Fred show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. Thanks a lot. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Did you enjoy today's podcast? Join the Kevin and Fred community, part of EXP Realty and partner with us today. You'll get free access to live trainings two or more times a month, live events and in-person masterminds, digital downloads to help you run and scale your business, and much, much more. To learn more and join our community, visit kevinandfred.com slash contact and contact us today. Not ready to join our community? No problem. Continue enjoying all this great content on our podcast for free.